All right, Alexander, let's talk about the tanker wars, the tanker seizures between the U.S. and Iran. Uh, Iran's had a little bit of tanker problems with Greece as well. Of course, Greece seized tankers like last year on the orders of the United States, and then Iran seized like two or three Greek tankers in retaliation. But um, here we are again with more uh, tanker tensions. Iran and the United States. So the Americans seized an Iranian tanker saying that it was violating sanctions, of course their own sanctions. <laughs> and it's important to stress this. This is, again, America's uh, attempt to enforce its own sanctions um, upon the world, even though the rest of the world doesn't agree with these sanctions. And at the same time, and in response, the Iranians seized two tankers. And this tanker war has gone on now for a long time. It's been going on a long, long time. We've had all kinds of issues about this. But for me, what was the most interesting fact, the most interesting development about this affair is the response of the Arab countries. They have remained completely indifferent. They're not... What, you know, a, a couple of years ago, you know, when... Iran seized tankers, or America seized tankers, enormous spike in tension in the Gulf. You've got lots of talk about fighting wars. The Saudis would be saying their thing. The Emiratis would be saying their thing. The Qataris would be saying their thing. This time, um, um, the UAE issued a statement saying, you know, that we seek peace and we're going to work to achieve peace with all parties. That was basically it. That's the only response that the Arab states have actually made. And I kind of think that they're signalling in the clearest way that as far as they're concerned, the issue of Iran is now finished. They've come to an, an arrangement, an understanding with the Iranians and their parting company again with the United States. The, the US has really lost the Middle East because they're so bogged down in, uh, in Ukraine. Like yes. You can't put it more simply than that. Absolutely. It is as straightforward as this. I think people have just lost patience. I think that if, it's, it's remarkable to think how quickly this whole position has collapsed. Under Donald Trump, the US was making big inroads in the Middle East. I mean, it negotiated the Abraham Accords. Trump got on really well with the Saudis. There were all kinds of deals done between Trump and MBS to, you know, invest in Saudi Arabia, all of these things. Um, now, it's all completely collapsed. So, you know, the US takes what appears to be strong action against the Iranian enemy and the Saudis and the other Arab states. They just shrug their shoulders and say, well, so what? <laughs> this isn't really a matter that interests us very much. Well, I mean, Iran is, is, is the enemy of the United States, but because of the checkmate move, checkmate move from China and Russia a few months back, Iran is no longer an enemy of Saudi Arabia. Correct. Nor is Syria. Nor is Syria. I mean, I mean the, 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 the other thing that's remarkable about this incident, by the way, is that the oil price is completely unaffected. It hasn't even blipped <laughs> once upon a time. If tankers were being seized in this kind of fashion, you know, three in just a day or so, one after the other. I mean, everybody would be talking about a military attack by the US on Iran. There'd be lots of talk about military clashes between the Americans and the Iranians on the horizon. You'd have seen a spike in the oil price. 
this time, the whole thing happens and no one cares. <laughs> and that is good for Iran. They're very pleased with this. I mean, they, they, they're happy because, of course, in a sense, they're winning. They can seize tankers and nobody, nobody criticises them, essentially, for doing that. Nobody really sides with the Americans over, for doing that. And when the Americans come along and try to do things, they find that their former allies are simply not there. So it's, it's extraordinary how this whole issue of Iran, which dominated you know, the media headlines, created this enormous tension, has suddenly, it's as if it's, 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 as if it's gone. And it's, it's been solved, effectively, without the United States. The word now is that soon... Iran is going to get its first batch of Suhoi 35 fighter jets from Russia. The initial delivery is said to be 24. Apparently, the delivery in total is going to be about 60. Now, that is a very large fleet of Suhoi 35 fighter jets. Obviously, it's nothing like the scale of what, um, of what um, Israel has, for example. But it still makes um, Iran a very powerful um, adversary in terms of, you know, if you, if you want to take it on. And, of course, the Russian Navy commander was there just a few days ago. Elvira Nebulina from the Russian Central Bank, the chair of the Russian Central Bank, was there too. And I suspect before long we're going to have a Putin visit this some talk of it that he might be visiting Saudi Saudi Arabia himself before long, and I would not be surprised at all if we see a Russian Saudi arms deal in the pipeline. And it'd be, be typical of the Russians; they balance, so they supply fighter jets to the Iranians, and they then do the same with the Saudis. I thought Russia was running out of weapons. How how does Russia get sixty fighter jets to Iran, and how do they? Uh, Start start engaging in negotiations for for weapons trade with uh, with Saudi Arabia when the Russians are running out of missiles, drones, tanks, fighter jets. Well, absolutely. Well, well, okay, okay, I mean, I think I think two things to say. First, first, perhaps it's always wiser not to believe everything you read in the newspapers about Russia Russia running out of weapons and all that. And one hardly needs to say that on this program. But anyway, just 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 to throw that particular. You know, little dig in. But the, the second point I'm going to make is, of course, they're not going to deliver 60 fighter jets tomorrow. I mean, it, it, this is going to be a, a, a trade that's going to happen over several years. I mean, you know, we're probably talking about five, even 10 years. I mean, because Iranians have to be trained to fly these things. You have to create the infrastructure in Iran to do that. I mean, this is a this is a big deal that's going to be worked through over several years. So we're not just going to see you know, large shipments of Su-35s to, um, to Iran. But uh, the thing to say is this. I mean, the Russians still manufacture the, the Suhoi 35. I mean, it's still their premier fighter jet. But, of course, they've now got its successor, the Suhoi 57, their fifth their fifth generation fighter jet. Um, they've, got that, they've got that already in early production. And the Sukhoi 57 flew back in December, apparently with its new engines. So it's really 
almost there for volume production. So at some point, presumably, the Russians will want to replace the Suhoi 35s that they have in their arsenal with the more advanced and more modern Suhoi 57. And that will release Suhoi 35s for sale to countries like Iran. Yeah, but the Russians are making the deals. That's I think that's that's oh, yeah. the point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and, these, and, and these are deals which and, have nothing to do with Ukraine and, and the conflict. No, I mean, this is not. No. You, you no. one would think that Russia would be conserving as much as they could if they were really in this predicament that the collective West is talking about. They wouldn't be running around making uh, weapons deals with or, or giving weapons, selling weapons to Iran and Saudi Arabia, whoever. One would think that if the Russians were down to their last missile and their last uh, fighter jet. You know they would be holding on to to these uh, to these weapons as equipment for dear life, but that's not the case. No, they're not. I mean, and I, I, I mean, we've discussed this multiple times on this program. I think the West has completely mis misunderstood and massively underestimated the size and sophistication of the Russian military-industrial complex and indeed of the entire Russian economy. That is the big story of this conflict in Ukraine. I mean, remember, the sanctions, which were supposed to obliterate Russia, failed. I mean, this is now even a bit admitted in the mainstream media in Britain. You know, never mind, you know, the US or Germany or those places. But even in Britain, they're admitting that the sanctions have failed. So, um, and I've discussed many times that, you know, Russian factories are, create, are built in order to sustain huge production volumes when those volumes are needed. And we are seeing that happen in the war. So even Ukraine is now admitting that they underestimated Russian missile production, for example. I mean, they were saying that it was 30 missiles a month. They've now admitted it's 100 missiles a month, or said they think it's now 100 missiles a month, which is much more than that. I mean, I think that's now self-evidently obvious. I mean, it's much more than 100 missiles a month. Um, there was a lot of talk about um, tank production. Um, I, I, I now have heard that tank production in Russia is actually, again, much higher than people said. And that Ural Vagon Zavod, the big Russian tank factory, is producing something like 100 um, it's, it's producing something like 100 T-90s a month, which doesn't surprise me. I mean, you know, four times more tanks than the United States produces in a year. Well, that's a guess. But the Pentagon itself says that Russia is producing two and a half million rounds of ammunition a year at the moment. That's their rate of production. At the moment, it's still rising. The United States produces 200,000 rounds of uh, 400,000 rounds of ammunition a month. Russia produces six times more. Six times more ammunition than the United States. <laughs> but by, by American admissions. And that's probably not the end point either. I mean, we're looking at a steeply rising curve. And as for the European Union, by the way, when it comes to production numbers of, you know, artillery shells. The US produces 400,000 rounds of artillery a year. The U European Union struggles to produce 50,000 a year. 50,000 a year against 2.6, whatever it was, million 
that the Russians produce. So, you know, people just got Russia completely wrong. And these are Western figures. They might actually understate the real production numbers in Russia. I know some people think so. Yeah, okay, well, uh, we go back to, to Iran and the Middle East. They obviously haven't underestimated Russia. They haven't underestimated China or BRICS, and they're clearly making a move in, in that direction. Yes, that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, to my mind, this tanker war is another... This, well, I mean, it's not even a tanker war. I mean, it's a, a tanker war... And everybody, the world yawns. I mean, this is what's so astonishing about this. I mean, it's it's not as if anybody any longer cares. I mean, what was big news just, you know, a year, two years ago. It's just, it's, it's, it's quite extraordinary to see the extent to which, as I said, the, the caravan has moved on or the train has left the station, whatever metaphor you prefer, uh, and how uninterested the world is in the actions that the United States has taken and how uninterested they are in the actions that the United States might take. The, 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 the big danger, of course, in all of this is that the neocons must be seething over this uh, in the US and they might be saying to themselves, well, we've got to do something really big in the Middle East in order to try to attract attention, like perhaps bomb Iran. <laughs> Not a good idea, but, you know, who knows? But for the moment, at least, as I said, the world yawns. All right, we will leave it there at theduran.locals.com. We are on Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute, and Telegram. And go to Duran's shop, 10% off. Use the code. Good day. Take care.